Welcome to the Donor Project Podcast, where infertility doesn't mean childless. I'm Dr. Miranda Miles, the Contemporary Conceptionist, and I help women and men using donor eggs bring their baby home sooner. This is what happens when a women's health expert chooses to use donor eggs to create her unique family. Think about the Donor Project podcast as your go-to place for everything you need to know about using donor eggs to bridge the gap between you and your baby. Because every woman deserves the opportunity to be a mum and every man a dad. I am absolutely so excited to share with you my very, very, very first guest on my podcast, the amazingly divine human Charlie Goldsmith, otherwise known as The Healer. Charlie has his own TV show in the US called The Healer. He's the founder and managing director of Cassette, which is a creative communications agency in Melbourne, Sydney and Hong Kong. He is also absolutely passionate about health and good food and has created My Good Habits, a mind, nutrition and fitness program designed to share his personal habits, his lifestyle, his emotional habits. Um, and all on top of that, Charlie's opened an incredible uh, new cafe in Melbourne called Sorcery. And there is absolutely nothing like it in Melbourne. And it's beautiful, healthy, fast food. So, hello, Charlie. Thank you for joining Hi. me. <laughs> I'm so pleased to have you here. And I really, I really wanted to bring you on to talk about men's health generally, because there's so many hiccups that men have in actually taking control of their own health particularly when it comes to fertility. Mm -hmm. um, we have, when we're talking about donor eggs, we're using beautiful, you know, 20 year old something donor eggs and the women are always on board, but it's often the men who have issues. And I don't want to be mixing beautiful donor eggs with crappy sperm. Mm. Of course, health, food, nutrition, mindset, everything affects the quality of the sperm. So I just, I guess I wanted to ask you, because you're so passionate about your own health, how did you get there? How did you, how did you come to that point? Well, firstly, I, I, I'd say my, my dad, I'm, I'm one of um, well, eight children. Uh, well, my dad had eight kids and then my mum had another one. So if anything, I was trying to, I was trying to dumb it down a little bit because <laughs> I don't want to have eight children. So... <laughs> Uh, no, so health, um, you know, so I only have one. Uh, the, didn't want to risk it. No, I didn't want eight. I didn't want, I didn't want that kind that, that kind of sperm. No one needs, <laughs> no one needs that. Um, so health, uh, I mean, for me, I, I, in my early twenties, I had, um, some health issues uh in fact from my teenage years these are the ones i kind of were the no most notable for me at that time was i'd get like if there was like a sore throat going around i would get it you know tonsillitis so i would get it and this went on for a long time and in my late in my early 20s i put on a little weight which i now know was fluid i was reacting um to certain foods quite badly and I didn't know what was going on for a long time and at about 26 years old I worked it out that I was having a very strong reaction to gluten um, and a few other foods but gluten was probably the main one dairy as well but gluten was my my worst and so I I discovered that I stopped eating gluten and I had a dramatic 
improvement in my uh, physical and mental health. I stopped getting sick. So I've, I've rarely been sick since then. I'm 40 now. So, um, so, you know, I would have gone from being sick, what felt like monthly, um, you know, every few months, I suppose, um, to every few years after that, you know, the, if, and if, and if people are around me that are sick, I have no fear that I'm going to get sick. Whereas back then I would, I would be like, Oh God, I'm going to get, stay away from me with your sore throat, you know? And so that was the beginning for me that I suppose the, 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 the health awakening where I understood that my actions have a dramatic effect on my life experience. Um, and for me, it was a very easy decision to then go, well, I want to feel good every day as best I can. I want to always be improving and not get sick and feel happy and feel, you know, and age slowly and all these things that are, are nice to do. And so, so for me, that was a pretty easy decision. I recognize that it, it isn't as simple as just genetics and I'll be fine or, or your path is your path no matter what. It's like, no, well, the amount you drink, um, your exercise, the food you intake, you know, all these sorts of things do have a dramatic effect on, on, on your experience. So I, I learned that young enough. I wish I'd learned it even younger, but, um, mm. but I didn't. Uh, and, and so that was, yeah, the beginning for me. And, and, and I found that even that today, that it's not, it wasn't as simple as one change at that point in my life. Over time, other things come up as you get older, there can be, you can get in different inflammatory issues or you're not, you're not feeling happy or you're not, you know, you're, you're tired or you're getting anxiety or whatever. And then there's more to learn, you know, like, well, why am I getting anxiety? Is it, is it, I'm not dealing with stress properly. Am I having a reaction to some sort of environmental thing or food? And, and so for me, um, since I suppose that, that process or that, that moment in time started where, where I knew that health was something that a was something I wanted, um, and, uh, and was worth the effort to have it, um, over the years of, as I've confronted things or things that have confronted me I've known that you know one way or another I will be able to find a solution and so now if that if that accidentally gave me good quality sperm for my daughter <laughs> um so be it I certainly wasn't doing it with that in mind at the time um but she's very healthy so I uh, will take credit where credit's due um that that some of it is in part my my good choices. So I, I feel that, um, that feeling good for me is everything. You know, I, I want to wake up and feel good. I want to feel at peace. I want to have energy and, um, and, and I don't want to be the reason that the days where I can't are my fault. So sometimes there's things beyond our control. Mm. um genetics stress um all sorts of things um that that you know can impact these things um but i don't want it to be because i you know in my case like i don't drink um you know i haven't had a drink for for years and years um and i don't want to feel 
shitty because I drank or because I ate bad food or because I'm not taking care of myself. So, you know, and I kind of recognize that, like you said, in your case, your specialty is fertility. And, and, and so it makes sense for that, but mm. it makes sense for, you know, so many things, you know, and, and they're all important. I mean, having a healthy child, if you don't have a healthy child, um, or you don't even get to have a child because mm. you're not healthy, then that's a huge hit to your life. So, you know, being, being, you know, that if I was at the age where I was thinking of having children, when I started, it would have certainly been a factor because, you know, if, if my lack of health could make me have a difficult child in some way, difficult being, you know, their health is lacking somewhere or behavioral issues, or I'm not sure how, what can be affected or I may just miss out and having one that would have been a significant motivator for me. Also, I'll just say one more thing while, while I'm on a roll um, <laughs> is that when I did have a baby, um, her mother was already a healthy person, but I would say not totally healthy. You know, she was, you know, I don't know what percentage she would give it, give it, but I'm going to give her 60% healthy. Mm. And the other part was not so much, you know, just crap food and whatever. And I said to her, if you want to have a baby with me, or, you know, if you're going to have this baby, then you have to be healthy. I'm not like, I don't want um, us to bring a child into the world that hasn't had every advantage, you know, that we can create if in a health sense. Mm. And so that was our agreement. That was, that was that I would make all of her food for her through pregnancy and after, and I love making food. So I did that. Um, and she stuck to it. Um, and so I had to learn how to make a lot of treats that were healthy. Um, probably why I own a health fast food place now, actually. And, um, and, and that was, so in that time, um, I was already pretty healthy, very healthy. And, um, and that, that was something I required of her. So almost a bit of a role reversal on what you're talking mm. about. Um, and yeah. And so, you know, and this is the thing that men often, they often don't step up to that and, and don't take on that they need to be healthy. They just think, oh, if, if my sperm can fertilize an egg, then it's fine. But it's so far beyond that. It's, it's about that em to create that embryo. You've got to have good sperm and good sperm, mm. good food, good lifestyle. And then that is. Well, there's also. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that, I mean, look, junkies can get pregnant, right? So of you course. don't have, so you can you can do it but I, I guess so that that the question is more about well, the quality of your produce as opposed to not it's not just about getting pregnant exactly it's about what are we creating That's you know I um I yeah I mean for me it's a no-brainer because having a child is hard enough I mean the the getting pregnant thing obviously in your world can be very hard for for people I didn't you know, that in my, with my daughter, we didn't suffer that, but, but certainly, um, you know, the amount of things that can go wrong in, in pregnancy and then in a child, um, that, that you don't want to, it could happen anyway, even with your best effort. Uh, but in my view, um, you don't want to see what your worst effort creates. Exactly. Exactly. It, my, my dad always used to say, um, which a lot of, 
dads and mums used to say, a stitch in time saves nine. And I think that that, um, that would be my view of if, you know, if I was, if my partner was seeing you and, and she needed, you know, she, she needed, A, she was getting donor eggs or, or she was getting, you know, into the best shape she can to use her own eggs. Um, and there was some risk that we may all together miss out on having a child or have one that is, you know, is deficient in some sense because I couldn't stop drinking for, 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 for a short time. Yeah. Um, it's not a, it's, it's not even a decision in my view because yeah. I, I'm watching a few friends at the moment who have had, um, who have had children, and I'm reminded how hard that first, the first six to twelve months is. It's so hard. It's a big job. And, and even beyond just having good quality sperm to conceive the baby, to have the energy and the resilience to deal with an infant, <laughs> you, you want to be healthy for that too. Okay. So there's, like, there's all these reasons to be healthy, not just one. Mm. Um, and because the, the best case scenario with the child is it's really hard work. That's the best case. The worst case is, you know, unimaginable. So, um, yeah, the, 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 I can't see a good reason not to, not to, for, to adapt. And the beautiful thing is by, if it, if in your case, if you're just talking to someone about getting their sperm good, Hmm. ultimately by doing that and whatever it takes to, to make that of good quality, they're going to improve a thousand other things in their lives and, 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 and likely prevent lots of potential um, uh, challenges in their own lives in, in a health sense. So it's like the, the amount of wins you get by selflessly creating some good sperm is significant. Hmm. Because were your fertility is a reflection of your general health anyway. So mm. just by getting that general health right, you're going to be improving the sperm. And just what we do every day impacts that so enormously. And yet there's there still is um, there's a resistance from a lot of men to actually take that on. I think they think it's too hard or they don't know how to, or they don't understand the impact that it's actually having mm. on the health of the child later. Not, and as you said, not only just getting pregnant, but on the actual health of the child later. Mm. Um, and I, I just, what are, what are some of the really eats? Because you, you, you like good food and you like good food that you cook really, really quickly, yeah? Mm -hmm. It doesn't take yeah. heaps of time and you can just get it done. So what are some really easy things you do? What's something that somebody could take away from this and go, okay, cool, I can go and do that. So okay, gluten... So Taking gluten out, gluten is responsible for about 3.5% of unexplained cases of all cases of infertility. So ta yeah. taking gluten out is a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. It's a number Imagine of if my dad was gluten-free. <laughs> um, so yes. <laughs> it would have been a disaster. Um, <laughs> so, so, yes, I mean, for me, taking gluten out, as you say, that then, then in, the, in the cases where you know, people are having trouble conceiving that 3.5% is actually probably a very significant percentage. So there's that. Um, but I found a life without gluten has been dramatically better. So I, I found that separate to fertility. Um, 
and um, you know, I, I think dairy probably as well as something to avoid and sugar. They're my three mm. probably top things to avoid oh, and vegetable oil. So, you know, inflammatory yeah. oil. So they're the sort of four things I would avoid. And then in terms of actually living that life, it's, it's not too complicated. You, you, when you cook yourself, like yesterday I cooked up, uh, I roasted a whole lot of, you know, potato and sweet potato. Um, I, uh, I roasted probably three days worth. Yeah. So it doesn't take long, you know, boil your, chop your potatoes up, boil them, um, and then put, put them in the oven for, you know, 20 minutes or something, or depending how thick you cut them. And that's it. It's the easiest thing in the world and you get a few days worth. And so your, your carbohydrates in terms of the, the, um, the starchy ones, uh, spoken for for a few days and then you, you chop up your vegetables and make a salad fresh uh and whatever protein you eat if you're vegan you've got tempeh or or, or beans or something and if you eat meat you know you would get a, a good organic or a high welfare um piece of meat and cook it up or sardines or whatever you have and, mm. and so if you've already made your vegetables it's it's probably a, a five minute cooking effort um to to make a good meal yep. it's really easy and then um what you do aside from that and and then every meal is sort of a variant on that it's different meat it's different vegetables um but it's the same formula mm. protein green leafy vegetables yeah um yeah. complex carbs and you know you, you you're you change it up like literally you can change it every time by just having, you know, different, different things. And then the more challenging part, but not impossible is eating out. Um, when you eat out, you, once you learn that you, that you want to avoid those things and why helps to know sometimes, which is your job to teach people this, um, <laughs> then it's not that hard. You can go to a, most restaurants, you can get a piece of meat and some vegetables and just say, can you cook it in olive oil or, you know, no oil. And most of the time that's totally fine. Um, the, uh, you know, you can get, you can go to mo Japanese is typically pretty like sushi or something. It's pretty easy to eat. So there's, once you understand you want to do it and also once you feel the benefits, cause I find this to be true in most cases, if you clean up your diet within about three days, most people feel a dramatic improvement in their health dramatic yeah. and and once you get that dramatic improvement it's very motivating to stick to it mm. incredibly motivating um you know normally you know you, some people will get depending on how you felt before will determine how dramatic the change is but you know at the very least you see your quality of your skin improve your your, your brightness of your eyes your mood um how light you feel your energy levels, and then in cases where people have let their health go, you know, they re reduced uh, weight, um, uh, uh, what else do you get? Um, you know, better digestion, yeah, like more clarity. Um, and then, you know, that will probably equal better sperm, I'm no doubt. Um, <laughs> No doubt. I mean, I don't know how to test that, but I imagine um, you do. And so I feel, yeah, I feel like it's like there's so much to gain 
from being healthy and nothing to lose. That's exactly. There's absolutely nothing to lose. And one other thing while I'm ranting (laughs) is imagine working your whole life, you know, you, you get in the part of your life where you can afford to have children and you want to. Um, you probably, you know, 30s and 40s are really where we're starting to get a handle on life. 20s are difficult for most, but 30s and by the end of your 30s, you're like, I totally understand life. Not understand life, but how to, how to make money and how to, you know, deal with stress and who are my friends. And you've got all this stuff and then you bring a beautiful child into the world. And, um, you know, y- you, you get sick you know, and you get sick because you haven't taken care of yourself and you put yourself in a position where you're either unable to, to be there for your child and be the parent you want to be or, or even worse, um, perhaps leave prematurely or, or younger than you needed to um, and leave a child without a parent. And I know I'm being a bit morbid, but for me this is important mm. that these that is going to always be the risk if we don't look after ourselves now even if you look after yourself that risk always exists because we can get sick Mm. but but if it is at our own hand that's the true tragedy exactly you know if someone gets sick and that was just nothing they could do or they get hit by a car and there was just no or something that was like you know like Mm. it was an unavoidable accident but but if if you if you leave the world at fifty years old because you didn't take care of yourself and your young child and your and your and your your wife and that's uh, for me that's the most tragic event that that could happen. I think it would be a very difficult thing to go through if you knew that if only I had quit those cigarettes, not drunk every day instead of meditate or you know, eating good food instead of bad food. So, you know, that the, it is, you talk about just sperm, mm. but that sperm becomes a child. And that sperm is the child and you are reflected in the sperm, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So there's such a big picture. I, I could obviously talk about it forever, but... Um, well, please do. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I mean that when you said they don't see the reason why, I mean, I, I can't, I can only see reasons why. Exactly. Yeah. And there is only reasons why. Mm. And the health of your child is the, the biggest one. That's a good one. Yeah. It's mm. a, it's a, it's a, it's a, especially cause you would say, what would you do for that, for the health of your child? Anything. All right. Well, why don't you start now? Mm. with that anything Mm. to make sure that you are giving them every chance of being the most resilient, healthy human you can. And even if you do that, it still might not work out and that's life. But if you don't do that and it doesn't work out because of that, that's a tragedy. Tragedy. Yeah. It's It's the only definition of, for me, of something that's really tragic. Mm. And as you said, you know, it can take three to four days before you start actually feeling better. Like that's it. It's, yeah, it doesn't take long. It doesn't Super. take long. And, and um, 
and it can be quite profound, the differences that you feel once you start eating properly and sleeping better and your digestion is working better. Um, and at the end of the day, then for, for the quality of the sperm, it's only three months. We only need to do this for three months if you really only want to do it for three months, but that's ridiculous. You know, it should be a lifestyle change and ongoing so that mm. then you are healthy for your children. Yeah, I don't like that three months thing. No. I think that, that cause you've got to bring a child into the world healthy and then you need to be here for it. That's right. And you need to have the energy for it and you need to be able to cope with the sleepless nights or you need to be able to cope with the everyday activities of having a child. I agree. I think the three, just looking at three months is so short. Yeah, I understand. Well, that's only because that's the, it's one of the benefits of being healthy. That's right. The healthy sperm, three months. But then there's a whole lot of other... There's a whole life beyond that. Then you've got, to, child. then you've got to deal with your pregnant partner for nine months. <laughs> and then... And then you and need cook to for it. <laughs> and cook for yeah, and then you need to um, survive, you know, potentially a colicky baby or you know, all sorts of different things that can happen that you're sleep deprived and you're struggling and you know, you, you health is, is going to make that ninety percent easier than it would be if you weren't healthy. Hmm. So you know, your, your tolerance for life goes up dramatically when you're healthy. You know, when you're not healthy, you're on very thin ice. As soon as something goes wrong, you just don't have the resilience to cope. Yeah. So, And that then creates quite a, um, like a lot of angst within a household as well. So then it, it, totally. it impacts the entire mental health of the family unit as well, not just the physical health. I'd say, and one more thing I will say on this subject is that, you know, it's also, you know, sometimes we've been brought up not necessarily the right, the right way our parents weren't healthy and maybe they didn't know any better. And when you're bringing a child into the world, you've got a chance to, to stop, you know, um, these, these, these cycles that are endless within family, the generational constants that, that, you know, affecting people down the line from, from abuse to narcissism, to lack of health, to all these different things that, um, that can, can travel down the family line for, you know, probably hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and, and having a child is an opportunity to go enough of that. You know, we haven't had a healthy family historically, um, that from here on, it's going to be a different thing. You know, it's having a child is a beautiful opportunity to, 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 to reset what we've considered normal and okay and go, is that, is that how I want my child and my grandchildren to grow up and, and so on, you know, so there's a, there's a big moment in time to, to be like, how, how, what do I want my legacy to be? Mm. Mm. And it is as simple as making a choice, making that decision and just mm. in a different way. Correct. It's not, it's just, it's not hard. What about, what about um, exercise? What do you do? What do you, what do you think about men and exercise and what they need to do? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not an exercise expert, but I mean, look, anything from going for a walk to, if you like boxing classes or riding, I think it's all good. Um, it, doing something is important. Um, 
if you if you're someone who hasn't exercised a lot for a long time starting gently is in i think important and building your way into it you'll find that that when you when you combine eating well with exercise exercise becomes a lot easier um, and a lot more fulfilling than when it, when you feel like you're running in sand because you're so um, fatigued or you know unhealthy from from the way you look after yourself but yeah I would say that you know I like to run I like to um, we, we go out stand up paddle boarding near here on the river it's beautiful I, I walk a lot you know I just some people need more structure and go to classes. I've been going to Pilates, I discovered Pilates a year ago and it's amazing, an amazing thing to do. Incredibly intelligent form of exercise. Uh, I've done yoga quite a bit, you know, but whatever, if you like team sport and you've got the, you've got the body that can stand up to it, you know, tennis or whatever, I, I think it's all good. Mm. 30 Just, minutes. 30 minutes of exercise a day, five days a week, again, improves sperm quality enormously. It's, mm. it's, and it's just, again, it's not just about sperm quality, it's about health, but it filters down to that sperm quality mm. as well. And it's quite, um, it's quite profound. And when you look at, look at some of the statistics, uh, male sperm morphology, like the normal sperm forms, um, now it's, okay if you only have four percent normal sperm which means you've got 96 percent abnormal sperm mm. it's just astonishing and yet 50 years ago we wanted 50 percent normal sperm and that's how much male fertility has declined it's declined there so the male sperm count has declined by 1.2 percent every year since 1970. that's the impact that our lifestyle has had our food has had pesticides have had vegetable oils has had sugar dairy gluten like that's the enormous impact that it's had on male mm. fertility and thus male health general health it's astonishing mm. to sit there and go four percent normal sperm you know one head one tail one little neck four percent normal sperm is our goal that's our barometer 96 percent abnormal and we wonder why fertility is so hard mm. You know, and it's, it's, all, it's all about what people are eating, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're doing, what, how they're moving. And it, the impact is enormous. Mm. So why, why do you think there's a resistance in men? Like, what is it? What do you think? Because um. I will sit in my office with females who have been through, you know, countless miscarriages and um, countless issues. They have to use donor eggs for whatever reason. And the men, many men, it's getting better. It is getting better. But there are many men who just, they don't buy into it. They just don't, they don't get involved in it. And I don't mm. understand what the, what the block is, given that you are impacting your child. I mean, I... I... <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 it's an interesting i mean there's obviously lots of men that are healthy as well mm -hmm. so the, the the um you know i i suppose normally i would think when when people don't want to take care of their health and usually that means they're doing things that are unhealthy so mm -hmm. you know they get home and 
have a, a couple of beers at night and eat bad food and not exercise and all these things, usually I would say there's probably an underlying trauma that they are, um, they are medicating. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would, would often be, we're not taught as young people, unfortunately, we're not taught to deal with emotion and, and you get enough buildup of emotion. It doesn't have to be a, a, a a significant trauma it doesn't have to be I was beaten up by someone. It could just literally be I just I just had lots of things as we all do of difficult things in my life that I was never taught how that how to deal with that emotion. So now I use beer and drinking and whatever else, uh, sugary foods to to numb myself. And so I think that that you're not asking people to get healthy. You're asking them to stop medicating themselves. And they don't, and they don't know how necessarily does that look. What does my life look like if I don't numb myself from my stress every day with the beer? Like, how am I going to deal with that? So I think, I think that um, what is that? Um, I think that it's like a mosquito or something. Um, I don't know where it is. Um, so I think that that that's probably why when you see because it's so it seems so silly when you think why wouldn't you want to be healthy? So but because but, but that's not they don't not want to be healthy. They don't, they just, they, they've got these crutches. I think in a lot of cases that they don't know how to transition from. Yeah. Because if I don't get home and have the beer, then I feel anxious. Well, then what? Yeah. Well, the truth is that you feel anxious because you've got some anxiety and you need to let that process instead of hiding from it. Now that's the truth that a lot of people don't understand. So I think that, I think that it would be that there really isn't anyone who doesn't want to be healthy. I don't believe that. I, I, I do believe that that gap between the things I do for myself that are unhealthy, I do as, as, as a form of survival. Now they might not realize that consciously, but if you look at the different things that they do and the, and the effect they have on the body, yeah. they are using them as a form of medication in order to survive. Yeah. And so that's for me, the gap, it's like, you've got to, they've got to be willing to recognize that that's what they're actually doing. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, when they do come to health, they won't need those things because they'll be able to deal with their anxieties. They'll feel a lot better. You don't, you know, if you don't, if you already feel relaxed, you don't need the beer. Right. Yeah. If people say beer tastes good. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it relaxes you which feels good and that's just the way that that, that i'm sure some people are going to think oh, it does taste good i'm like well not compared to an apple juice i mean but beer um has a function yeah and and i think that that's and so does junk food i mean you eat those junk foods and they um what do they give you a dopamine serotonin serotonin so they're so that we get to feel good for a short time because mm. we don't feel good. So the, so the opportunity really in order to get your sperm good is also to realize that I'm using all these crutches, which are ultimately giving me bad sperm and probably a pretty low quality of life Yeah. because I just haven't learned how to deal with life. So I've just got these things I must do. So that's my answer as why I think that they don't want to be healthy. I, I, I don't think it's, 
I, I think they want to be healthy. I just, mm. I just think that, that, that they've had years of, you know, when, when we're little, a very bad parenting technique that is, is done often with good intention is a child falls over, you know, let's say a two year old falls over and, and, um, and I see them fall and I can tell it didn't hurt. I think that didn't hurt. They fell on a cushion <laughs> and the kid's screaming and I go, that didn't hurt. Stop that. Or the child falls over and it does look like it hurt. They hit themselves hard and I think that hurt. So I quickly pick them up and I shh, I'll give you a lolly. Here, have a lollipop. Make yourself feel better. And in, some, in both those instances, what I've done is I've said that your feelings aren't valid. valid. Now, in the first instance, I've judged them as not having hurt themselves. But what I've misunderstood, because I lack the empathy to do it, is they might have got scared, embarrassed, mm. triggered because of another fall that they had. So they felt pain like it was a painful fall. And they're upset. And that's okay because of one of those potential things. So instead of saying to the child, that didn't hurt, I say, here, come and I'll give you a cuddle. That must have felt scary. Are you okay? Or when the child actually hurts themselves in that in instance where they fall over and it clearly didn't feel good, I, I, I offer to pick up my child and I hold them until they feel better. And, and so what I'm telling them is it's okay to not feel good sometimes. And it's okay to let that out, whether that be through crying or verbally. And so eventually what happens is that lollipop is a beer and that shoot that shush that didn't hurt is a me criticizing my own emotions and I shouldn't be hurting. And that's just wrong. I'm a man, you know? So, and, and I suspect maybe it might even be unbalanced male to female because we expect little boys to take a hit much more than we expect a little girl and so a little girl gets perhaps gets away with crying typically more than a little boy and so maybe and I'm hypothesizing but even though I think it's done badly for both sexes or, 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 or all children by most parents that I think that it may be imbalanced harsh more harshly against little boys and so you get men that they have they don't feel good they don't talk about it and they have a beer or pizza or whatever. So, so, so there's a, there's a long-term training, unfortunately, that needs to be undone at some point to make the transition from that idea of, I don't want to be healthy. It's not, they don't want to be healthy. They have coping mechanisms that, that, that has been ingrained from childhood. I think once that you start to recognize that is when you is when is when the change can be made. It's understanding well, why am I like this? And then how do I get from here to, you know, to a healthy place with good sperm? So true. 
It's all about the validation of the emotion from them being very, very little and allowing them to release that emotion rather than being a, and just being human. Yeah. It's okay. Be kind. It's totally fine. Like you're allowed to, you know what? Some things are going to give you anxiety, you know, or your dad dies. You're going to be upset. You, someone breaks up with you or someone's mean to you. You're going to feel emotion. It's totally human and normal, but we, we don't, we avoid all these things, you know, like, you, 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 you call your friend calls you upset because they went through a breakup. Well, I'll come around with a bottle of wine and ice cream. Well, it's the same thing. Shh. Yeah. Shh. Give you a lollipop. Right. So it's the, we, 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 we continue this behavior right through life and it's very, very detrimental. Hmm. How do we stop it? Um, I think that, that what, what happens naturally is, Eventually, the body can't take all this suppression of, of emotion. Eventually, we have no choice. Yeah. Um, we, we get anxiety beyond what our crutches will help. And, you know, next thing, the, the truckie's meditating, you know. He never would have thought he would, but he had no choice. And, and so it, it catches up on us eventually. But I think that hopefully more and more people recognize that, that I don't want to do this. I want to live for my child and therefore I'm willing to suffer through relearning how to deal with emotion you know it it we we are in the, like there's more and more opportunity in the world to be healthy than there's ever been and that will be true every day forever i believe um it's going to keep growing that these opportunities and i, I just think you know it, it's it's hearing it the right way from the right person at the right time that helps you know it's you as a practitioner learning how do i speak to this man mm. because you're not just telling him to not drink beer for three months you're telling him to go against his childhood training and, and how do you deliver that mm. how do you make him understand that all these are all the benefits of being healthy and he'll go yeah well that's all fine but i still have a problem that i don't know how to feel emotion he doesn't recognize this but you you know that so you as a practitioner or anyone who wants to get through to people has to have them understand this is why you need to do this um and it's not as difficult to change as you think we think it's hard to feel emotion because we've never been taught to because our parents didn't let us. But once you actually do it, it's not hard at all. You know, it's really not. We, we, and I mean, my daughter is an example. I, I, from when she was very young in this, in those circumstances I've given you, you know, I have, if, if she falls over and hurts herself, either um, imagined or real, um, the, the, I will, I've always just picked her up and held her and she'll be screaming, crying. And then I'll hold her. I don't say anything. I just hold her. And, and I will just wait. And, and after a while, usually it takes a minute or two, she'll start laughing. So she goes from crying, she lets it out. And then the little smile comes on her face and she feels okay. And, and, and she's just never afraid to show emotion. And I never want her to feel like daddy or mummy can't handle my emotions so i should hide it from them because the risk you run with that is one day something terrible happens to her you know some boy does something you know the unspeakable or she's got you know something terrible happens and it's so big for her and she believes that daddy and mummy can't handle my emotion so i'm not going to tell them and that's why i think even with sexual assaults they're so repressed because 
because children are taught to believe that the big, the big things, daddy and mummy can't handle it. So they, they give me the lollipop, they give me the, this, they shush me, they, whatever. So, so then we have ingrained in us that our parents can't handle anything, which is not true. Mm. But the, I, I know actually of a few girls who have never told their parents that they were sexually assaulted. I know people in that case. And I think to myself, I would, if I was their parents, and even to this day, the ones I'm thinking of, their parents still don't know. Mm. And because they believe they wouldn't have been able to handle it. Now, I can tell you that I think their parents would be able to handle it, but they trained their kid to believe they wouldn't because of the little things they were shushed for. So, so there's so much benefit in understanding this space, whether it be to make that three months change to have good sperm or even to not to make sure that when you bring up your child, you're not bringing them up in a way that they're going to need a beer or a bottle of wine after work every day or something bad happens and they don't know how to express it. So yeah, the, the, again, the way these things are delivered as the practitioner, I think are, are the critical thing. It's understanding them mm. enough to then be able to deliver it in a way that someone can hear it and go, wow, that, you just explained that to me in a way I never understood. And yes, that's what my parents did. And I do not want to be that parent, mm. you know, and, and if you can get there, then you can get to the health stuff because now we know why I don't want to be healthy. It's because I've been brought up in a way that has made that seems not healthy, but the, 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 not having the, the unhealthy things feel scary. Yeah. It's an amazing, it's an amazing way of looking at it, and, and it just makes sense. Yeah, like it, it just makes perfect sense. Good parents do it badly. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the, it's, it, it's, you know, we, it's like parents be like, I just can't handle seeing my child cry. I don't mm. want my kid to make mistakes. I don't want. That's never about the child, because the child needs to cry. Mm. the and child then, needs to make mistakes mm. but the parent can't handle it because they've got no ability to handle emotions so we're trying to control our kids so we don't suffer because we can't handle emotions so there's a there's this huge domino effect from that one thing of i can't handle emotion therefore i need everyone around me to behave in a certain way in order for me to not suffer the world it's like a disaster just from one misunderstanding of kids shouldn't emote or throw a tantrum. A child throws a tantrum, gets in trouble. They're two, they're overwhelmed and they get in trouble for emoting. I'm embarrassed you did that. You know, I mean, it's, it is literally why most people are self-medicating from morning till night, you know, every day of their lives in some way, sugar, uh, coffee, alcohol, Xanax, all of it. And they're all just acceptable addictions. And 100% because we don't know that we actually are perfectly capable of feeling and processing emotion. We just, yeah. it's not a problem at all. Our body is designed for it. It's a, part, it's a part of the beautiful design of the human body that we think, oh, I've got anxiety, I'm broken. You're not broken, 
you have anxiety that is trying to process. And it's, isn't it a single emotion only takes 90 seconds to resolve as long as it's released properly anyway? Yeah, like, I think it's, it's about feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's about 90 seconds. If you it's actually a, allow the emotion and feel it yeah. um, without fighting it or without trying to suppress it, I, I can't remember. Very quick. Yeah. You know, it's Very super quick. fast. And, and you've, got to, you've got to have no resistance though. So you've got to, mm. you've got to, you've got to welcome the emotion. That's right. So you can't be like, I hate this emotion. It'll be over in a minute. You actually have to be, I'm willing to feel this. Yeah. Yes. So it has to have a real willingness and yeah it's, it's incredibly fast the most mm. difficult thing moves very quickly mm. when we when we allow it to it's it's ama it's an amazing function of the body that you know 99% of the world don't utilize yeah it's it's like when um, when i teach people how to deal with panic attacks it's it mm. you actually literally welcome it in and just mm. because the more you fight it the more you're increasing the cortisol and the fight flight response anyway so it's just mm really accepting allowing it allowing and recognizing it's actually not panic attack isn't something going wrong it's actually the body functioning perfectly to protect so, you and and to bring mm. out this old pain mm. it's trying to come out and when it gets to the point that it's so big that it's in the form of a panic attack you must have been suppressing it for a long time yeah mm. yeah yeah and, and there's usually a, a backup of a lot of suppression of emotions there from 100% there's a lot of lollipops a lot of swishes mm. yeah it's um mm, it's quite quite incredible to think about it mm. all right oh mm. it's good all right well I'm gonna eat my healthy lunch then <laughs> I'm starving yeah you would be I am hungry um and we'll do this again another another time thank you thank you so much i'll put um i'll put all your contacts in the show notes cool okay thank you so much charlie pleasure okay have see a you good later. bye